Stacy, I have been a, we've known each other for a good long time. And I mean, I don't really know how long it would be, but it's a good long time. Right? Yeah. Sure. 10, 10 years plus. Gotta be, gotta be at least, at least 10 years. So, um, because I knew you when you still lived in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's easily <laughs> over 10 years. So there you go. Yeah. But I have really enjoyed watching your progress and your career. And I've been super inspired by your, your drive, your commitment. And, 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 and you were a gimme on, on inviting you to participate in the podcast. And I was so excited when you just went, yeah, I guess when I asked you if you would be on it. <laughs> that's, that's as close as I get to any kind of commitment to anything. Hey, listen, I, I t- I'll take it. I'll take it. Because I think the last time I asked you to talk, you're like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. But it wasn't for the podcast. So I assume this is a supportive friend thing. Um, so real, real quick, for the listeners, Stacy, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um... You're listening to Can't Sell This a podcast about creativity, creatives, and their process with your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. So I'm Stacey Mulcahy. I am a principal program manager at Microsoft in an area called The Garage. Hmm. Um, In The Garage, we kind of focus on... um, some people would say grassroots innovation or enabling employees, building community, bring them together, exploring ideas. Um, I like to kind of index on like curiosity and uh, empowering people to kind of, you know, embrace that and move that stuff forward. And, you know, one of the things that uh, this is, we're, we're jumping right into the nitty gritty. So like one of the things that I noticed uh, really early on with your involvement with Microsoft was that you were very much interested in the education aspect with real like real students not within the organization within the organization but with outside the organization like bringing in people that could have a valued you could have a valued impact on and it was you know bringing in elementary high school students whatever um is that something that is part of your mandate or something that you've just championed as part of your role within the garage itself you know i think that part of the community outreach and part of the trying to go to underserved communities or or figuring out where you can have that impact you know that's something that we do in the garage especially at sites that are um around the world we have 11 different sites and so i think that's definitely um something that we do i would say that uh for me i'm super passionate about it and i'm very lucky to be able to bring my passion to my job mm-hmm. and and so i can index on that a little bit more maybe if i you know may say and so um so i always take you know uh i'm always a great co- collaborator in that front when people come to me with ideas about that i'm almost always a yes person mm-hmm. um because it's such a small ask in the scheme of things in terms of like your time and your effort and the impact that it can have and so Um, so yeah, we, you know, we do do some of that and, you know, some of it's really traditional, what you would expect from Microsoft. And I, I think we also try to embrace a lot of the, the non-traditional things and, and the, the unexpected ways that we can go and engage with people and, and, um, you know, uh, open up some doors, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Well, and, and, and really the impact is it, it, you experience it firsthand, right? And that's one of the 
probably the most gratifying part is you bring someone in and it's not like here's a software suite we developed and we'd like you to play with it it's hey do you want to really play i got a laser cutter let's do it yeah well i you know there's something super tangible when you when you are able to connect with someone in a very authentic way, like you mentioned, like it's not a script, it's not a list of products that you're trying to sell, but you're just like trying to give them an opportunity or you're connecting with someone. Cause frankly, I learn as much from any kid or anyone who's just, you know, starting off in a field from their perspective than, you know, me being in the field for a long period of time. And yeah, when you're able to do that and you're able to kind of like say, there's a few things out here and let's just like, fail fast and figure it out. And I don't know, you teach me and, and those kind of things. Um, there's something super tangible when you see mm-hmm. that connection. And I, you probably, you have kids, you've probably seen it when they go, oh, the light goes on, right? And they're like, I can do this. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's not just about enablement, but it's about confidence. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't teach my children anything. I, I refuse. <laughs> if, if, if there's no paycheck involved, I don't, I don't do it. No, you're it's just not a, true. You're just That's the passive watcher. You're <laughs> just, just like- terrible. Wow, you really you really messed that up. I probably shouldn't have left that sharp knife out. You know what? <laughs> there are band-aids. If you can find them, you can stop that bleeding. Yeah. It's Don't not, run. Don't run whoa, with whoa, those. Slow down. There's a dog right after you. He thinks you're prey now. Is that how you should Okay, sorry. That, that's not true. Obviously that's not true. But I mean wow. maybe maybe not to the listeners who are writing an angry email right now. It's but- point. I'm just letting them know. Yeah. I'm not that kind of father. Yeah. But you, but you know that, you know that moment, right? Whether oh, you, yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, there's, how do you replace that moment? How do you describe it for yourself as a person yeah. who's departing information on someone at a lands? It's amazing. Yeah. You know, and also it's not, it, it isn't, to me, it's not just about the imparting of information. To me, it's about the learning of something, you know, that whole teach a man to fish versus give a man mm-hmm. a fish concept yeah. or give a person a fish. Um, with my daughter, one of the things that I have been discovering and, and, and you probably have run into this a lot when you're dealing with kids is um, the learning of a new skill may not come innately to some. Mm. And sometimes it's the, how do you teach a person that doesn't know how to learn that, that skill readily versus the people that do and once they do grasp it, this, that that sense of accomplishment that they have on their face, that they carry in their bearing, yeah. it, it it makes all of it worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just when you when you see that, or you you've opened the door, or someone's just picked up something new, or they thought about something in a different way, or I don't know. I just look at I look at everyone, like especially when especially when it's. Um, especially kids, I look at all of them like, you might be my boss. You might be mm-hmm. my boss. You might yeah. be my boss, you know? And I'm just like, cool. Like, what are the things you need to do to be my boss tomorrow? And like, and always thinking in those ways, you know? And I don't know. I just, I just get so much energy from it, I think, more so than anything else and learn so much from the experience. And so I'm always grateful for those experiences. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, and part of that, I wonder if part of that is from self-advocating, you know, like what I watched from 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 your early days working in, in Ottawa to all of a sudden doing like development to all of a sudden succeed, like excelling in, in as a developer, you know, getting hooked up with the right companies, you know, doing the sort of 
making really what I would consider to be really brave moves. Um, not everybody thinks that I'm sure not, you may not be like, I didn't think I was that brave, but I mean, <laughs> from the outside for real, like it just, it, every move you made, I was like, man, that is a, that's a smart, smart move, but also brave. Like you made some moves that like from Ottawa to New York kind of thing. Yeah. Like that is a New York's, New York's really different from Ottawa. <laughs> that, you know, that's a hard one too. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't any, you know, spring chicken when I did that. Um, mm-hmm. I was 35 years old and um, you know, I was very lucky, especially when I got into tech that uh, first of all, I just had an uh, like, a never ending appetite for learning something new. Like I could mm-hmm. not get enough and it crossed the gamut. Like it, and, and, and I, I was luckily, you know, fortunate to be part of a community, the flash community where there was just so many outlets and so many interesting things and you could go hardcore utility to hardcore creative. And so part of it's that, and part of it's having a community that fostered a lot of that for me mm-hmm. and um part of it's you know like you said like working at a few places and a few companies where i had really supportive um supportive people who wanted to see me succeed who yeah. gave me opportunities and and uh but the yeah going from ottawa to you know at some point to new york it was like now or never and i was 35 and at 35 you don't make new friends easy <laughs> Because everyone's kind of got a stream or their crew or whatever. Sure. sure. And you don't, um, you're going from a, a place where you're quite comfortable to a tiny little 300 square foot apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to, to handle and, and um, learn to love New York City very dearly um, and learn to love the company I worked for and the opportunities I got again and, and the people I connected with. And so, yeah, I, I I don't know. I always just tell that's the thing I always when people say, oh, what did you learn over your career and all that stuff? I'm always like, just if you can m- make the move that makes you most uncomfortable. Right. Mm. Um, because that's probably the one that you're going to have the most growth, whether it's good or bad. And and so, you yeah. know, I, I don't know if you're if you're aware and if this is news to you, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm the one sharing it with you. But uh, if it isn't and you're like, I know. I've noticed it. You have an inherent curiosity that is not normal. You have a curiosity for stuff that, you know, I, I still remember sitting in, in Minneapolis in your session and you going, so I used uh speech. I used text to speech to make this thing talk. And it's like, and you had, a, you had this thing talking. And it was the first time I'd seen somebody do it. And everybody was just, we were all just laughing because you were just making jokes and stuff. But there was a curiosity that you had that led you to that result. And it and 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 you have shown over the years to have a, a, a curiosity within you that I, I say not normal, but really what I mean it, it is it is it, it speaks very highly of your of your curiosity that you have it there. I don't that stuff keeps me up at night, to be honest. Like I when they talk about the rabbit hole, like I'm constantly on the rabbit hole, whatever it is. Um, I. And it's not just curiosity, and I don't know um, if people experience this in the way that I do that troubles me in the sense of like, what is it? How does it work? Mm-hmm. And how can, and what's an unintended whatever of it, right? Like output, impact, use, whatever. And um, 
I'm a, I, I'm a great curator in that sense, right? Because mm-hmm. like I just like I'm all over the board and in that sense. But yeah, I I just I love that. I just and I I love nothing more than when people share what they're working on with me. To me, that's my my biggest thing because it's there's always just like how did you think of that? Where did you come to that? And how did you arrive to that? And so, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, thank you. I'll take the curiosity as a compliment. Um, yes, <laughs> well, it's news to me. To, as opposed to a holy psychotic thing that's going on, you know. <laughs> you know, some <laughs> people call it neurotic. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think it's a neurosis. I, I think. It, I think. I think as someone that that consistently and constantly comes up with new ideas to pursue, I, I, you're a kindred spirit. You know, yeah. like it, it's, I, you know, it, it's always, it, it makes me feel bad to, to, to think that we, we don't stay in as constant touch because I would be texting you all the time with, Hey, I had this idea, by the way, my concern was at one time I thought about it and I thought, if I tell you this, will this be like giving a dog a bone? Like, will you just <laughs> gnaw bit. it to death and like text me at 3am going, so I looked into that thing you were talking about and I totally have an idea here. I think we can figure it out. You know, will it be like one of those yeah. things where I'm like, what? Who is this? You <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. we're in very That's different exactly. time zones. That's <laughs> I, exactly what would happen. That's it's exactly. It's midnight, Hugh. It's 3am. Stacy, it's 3 a.m. There's still, there's still time, you. We can still make it happen. I, there's, I don't know. There's something about um, the rush of an idea and like a mm-hmm. good idea. And, no. you know, I mean, when I worked at Fuel, um, you know, uh, uh, Mike over there, who, who was CEO of the company, he was like, he was like a golden idea generator dude. Like I loved being around him. It was like drugs for me, you know, because everything was just like, that is amazing or that's really right. insightful and so i like and you're like that like every time we get together there's always like this really ridiculous you know decline in conversation yeah. yeah but then results in like some really interesting things that come and i love that like i love mm. that kind of um exchange and sparring if you will um for me that's like my favorite thing um but i've always uh, you know, I've always had this thing. It's unfortunate, but, um, you know, some people are like, I'm the idea person. Like I, right. I refuse to be that. Like I'm a person who needs to do and needs to put stuff out there and needs to, even if it's small snippets. And so that's where that's that un- uncomfortable line. And the one that you talk about me phoning you at, at 3am, which I would totally do, or I would yeah. text you and keep you up. I put my phone because... on silent when I go to bed. So it wouldn't matter. <laughs> you could call anytime you want. Wouldn't change my day any, oh. any more than you realize. <laughs> Check, oh, check I must have missed your call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's, I, there's a, you know, I just remember talking to someone from an agency and they're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a ideator or whatever. I forget, you know, the term that they used. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, because <laughs> like, I, I really value execution, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, please. Yeah. You know, like, I know, I know what that's code for. And, you know, like, and I hate that I'm kind of like that, but it's that reaction I have because I, that, I think that's what drove me even at the beginning was um, that sense of having an idea and being able to articulate it in a format that someone would understand or that I intended it in. Yeah. I love the empowerment of it. And that's why I always like, that's why I even picked up programming because it was just about empowerment. Like I have this mm-hmm. idea. I don't want to rely on the person beside me. 
And so, yeah. um, and then you learn to get past that and then you learn to like collaborate. So like you can see the stages of Stacy, but you know, <laughs> the stages uh, of Stacy. Yeah. You know, you know it, it's, it's a difficult thing. I, you know, I've, I definitely, I have the issue of wanting control over things and not recognizing limitations in myself more a lot. I mean, a, a, a lot, a lot. And that's why mm. a lot of the things I want to do don't get done. Mm. And, it, and, and most recently I've started to recognize that in myself and which is ridiculous because I'm 48. Like I really, I should have probably looked into this in my psyche like a while ago. <laughs> um, but it's been it's been helpful to to admit these things and say like look I'm just never going to learn this I don't want to I have no interest in it can you do it if you if I paid you to do it would you do it you know what mm. I mean mm, and it yeah. is and 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 what I've discovered really late now in life <laughs> is that people are interested in doing those things and they're, they're I mean even like even. I refuse to not pay people. There's the there's the difference with there because the, there's collaboration in which you're fully and freely working together, and yeah. then there's hiring someone to do a job. Yeah, right. Yeah. Big difference. And, and 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 that's you know when I don't have the skill set, I would prefer to say so, to somebody, I don't have the skill set to do this. I need you to do it, and I need you to tell me how much it costs to do it. Yeah. And they get like, no, we're working together. I'm like, look, at the end of the day, it's my project. You know, I will take all the credit while, you know, giving you <laughs> yeah. credit for yeah. your part of it. But, it, yeah. you know, it's my job. It's my project, you know. So it, yeah. it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. But as someone who has been approached many times to collaborate, oh yeah, where, where I will not be getting the credit, but it will be doing 90% of the work. I refuse to, to play that game. Oh yeah. You know? No, that's, that's a hard one too. Right. Like, I, but I, I, I feel that one too. It's and and it's understanding like collaboration versus like, you know, statement of work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, the number, I mean, I'm sure you, you used to get this too, but it, it was like when I was freelance, the number of emails I would get where, where someone would say, Hey, can, can we meet up for coffee to talk about something? And I, w I knew that they were talking about a project. I knew they wanted to get my two cents on it, but they didn't want to pay me two cents for it. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then there was one guy twice did that to me and I went out and had coffee. We talked about a project. We went another route is what it, I ended up getting from him. Meaning they hired somebody else to do the job, but the job that I described to him, you know, and yeah, so the third yeah. time he did it, I was like, look, this is my rate. If you want to have me for an hour, I cost this much. Yeah, but I think, you know, that that in the past, I think, was like a common thing that people did and made mistakes on. And mm -hmm. it still happens. But, you know, I've seen a lot of more people talk a little bit more outwardly about it. And I think that's really interesting and fascinating, too, is that like, hey, my time's worth value and you're not just picking my brain, yeah. right? Like you're actually asking for expertise and you know, I think there's a time and a place when you go and you do that and it's, and it's, you're fine doing it, but there's a time and a place when it's just not, not cool because if that's all you did, you're basically doing free consulting for everyone all the time. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, yeah. I, what I had to explain to that, that particular person was, you know, you, you take an hour out of your day, you're still getting paid. You know, you, you're a salaried employee. Totally different. You, you've made choices that have brought you across the border a couple of times. Were those decisions like homesickness, like you need to get back into Canada and then go back to the States going look like we just don't make as much money in Canada? Or is it like just opportunities arose that made sense? I think it's opportunities. Uh, you know, I, it's funny, I had a discussion about someone um, 
or sorry, with someone rather about like dual citizenship and, you know, being in the States. Cause there's a lot of Canadians who go to the States for a variety of reasons. Often it's income related mm-hmm. um, or opportunity related, you know, a lot of big corps or some of the more, you know, different places they have headquarters in various States. Although that, you know, that's changing a lot, which is awesome to see. Um, and, you know, they kind of mentioned like, Oh, you know, like, are you going to, they mentioned like giving up citizenship of being like, you know, um, just being like a U.S. citizen. Oh. I was like, oh, no, that's never happening in my lifetime. Right. Um, and it was it was a weird discussion because it, it just seemed natural to them that I would go and do that. And so I think that some of those like my heart's always Canada and my home is always Canada. And and I would love to work more in Canada in many of those ways. And, um, you know, when I, when I, when I left and I went to the States, it was the best thing I did. It was not money motivated. I, I, I was making more in Canada than when I went to the States the first time, um, when I went to New York. Um, and then when I decided to come back, I took a job with Microsoft at Vancouver and, that was again purely opportunity um and and i usually focus those decisions on opportunity um you know and i i I loved vancouver i loved being there i would have worked at microsoft vancouver forever um i loved who i worked with i we just had a different it just had a different environment i didn't know corp could be that way um when i moved back to the states i i again i now i'm in the states i had to move back from vancouver Part of that's because, you know, you're on a visa and visas are not fun. And uh, I have a green card in the States. And so being away for a period of time is not looked, you know, favorably does not look awesome. And especially in, in the condition or sorry, at the time of, you know, government and who was in power and all the rest, it definitely wasn't favorable. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I made the decision to come back because I valued my green card and I thought, that the opportunities for jobs that I, at this point, that I would want to pursue in terms of challenges and interests that they bring me um, would probably be in the States. And uh, although I've always wanted to work for the the national or like the NFC or the film board right. in Canada, NFB rather. Um, but yeah, I always just, it, I always just thought the opportunities would be in the States and that's why, uh, you know, I, I'm here because I think my career choices, if you if you did them by numbers, you'd be like, mm, she made some dumb moves. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, Salary is not an indication of happiness, in my opinion. So I think you probably made the right moves, you know? Yeah, I just I think everyone has different values and different things that they're looking for. And um, all those things obviously have to factor in for for people. But if you were to base it on that, which a lot of people make their decisions on. Um, yeah, that that that's that would not look like I was doing um, some good things. It's funny, but I I remember when I was in my, and this is an anecdote, I hate to do it, but when I was in my thirties, I was running a department for this agency and and I had a a young employee who was in his early twenties and he, and we had our review and he was like, what kind of raise am I getting? I said, I don't honestly know. I don't, I don't see you getting much of a raise. And it was like, you know, he was super mad and, and, and he's like, I'm going to go to a different company. I'll get way more money. I said, you know, your lifestyle grows with your salary. So whatever you think you need in terms of money, it's not like you're going to start banking it. You're going to start spending it because you have more of it. So my, my salary has fluctuated 
you know, to the highs and lows and I'm sort of in the middle range right now and I'm totally content. Like I like where I work. I like the company I work for. Um, they've been really good to me and, and I've been getting paid and I, you know, I don't have a lot of other expectations beyond that. You know, yeah. somebody, somebody just today had, had messaged me and said, are you, are you, how was it? It was like, are you satisfied with the work? And I was like, I'm not satisfied with anything ever. Like I don't, you know, like it's, I, I like what I do. I like the people I work with. I think that's a big statement, you know, like yeah, totally. as someone who has hated his coworkers. Yes. Uh, not the coworkers who are listening. Of course. I loved you <laughs> all and, and not, and not enjoyed my, the jobs I've done and not yeah. for anybody who's employed me. I loved you all um, <laughs> equally, you know, like it's just, it's one of those yeah. things you just, you know, you find a nice balance and it's, it's hard to be satisfied. Yeah. You know, and it's just it, like who you work with really makes a difference and also who you can be at work, you know, mm. and that's really changed over the last, you know, 10 years or so, like who you like, like I can show up and be a more sensitive person than I could have 10 years ago. And that's just yeah. such a sad statement, but it's very, very true. And I can be, more empathetic and I can be more of who I really am than I could be 10 years ago. And so there's, there's also that, like you can't, well, for me, I can't put a price tag on the fact that like my boss literally has no desire to change like who I am or how yeah. I present myself or any of those things just as I am. And for me, that's like to, to have that a big, as I call it, like big corp kind of life, I think yeah. is just, just fundamental to the reason that I'm still there. I think, you know, I can't remember who it was that said it within Thinking Box. It may have even been our CEO, but they had said, you know, it's poison to ask if someone will be a good fit to the culture that we have. Are they a good addition to the culture is the is the question we need to ask. And I yeah. thought that, like, that is one of the nicest things I've I've heard from someone of authority and honestly if it wasn't amir amir if you're listening i apologize i attribute it to you because that's the sort of thing you would say but somebody within thinking box had said don't ask if they are a culture fit ask if they are a culture ad and yeah, i think no. that that is something that 10 years ago just like you said that is not something that would have been would have been uttered anywhere even two years ago, really, depending on where you're ago, at. For sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. What a good, like, it's just such a good sentiment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah, I like where I work. I, I don't know how much more. <laughs> I really shouldn't, like, just butter them up every episode. This episode <laughs> brought to you by Thinking Box, the people that pay my checks. <laughs> yeah. You guys didn't know you're sponsoring it, but you are. <laughs> well, you are. You sponsor it every damn day. So when we, when we first met, it was uh, an industry, it wasn't an industry thing. It was an event. It was for FITC. I think you were coming, you'd come to town with technician. You'd come to town with the Ottawa mm. people. Mm. And we met at um, electric companies gallery. They had a gallery party. They had a party mm. in their gallery for flashing the can. And I remember how excited you were to be there and how like just oh my god this is the best and i was you're so excited um and one of the things that struck me was you were so enthusiastic like so enthusiastic way way more enthusiastic less cynical than a bunch of us at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you know 
I'm sure I, I know that you have um, like your your moniker on Twitter and 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 other social media is bitchu codes, and, and part of that is owning it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But with any level of cynicism you've ever displayed, you have also shown a level of patience with what I would consider to be, you know, a not cool culture within development in general. Yeah, and you have, yeah. you've done what you've needed to do to, to change that shit. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's always, that's just a loaded frigging question here. You can't ask that stuff. <laughs> I can ask it. I can ask it. You know, and I'll tell you why I can ask it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. One of the things is, and we talked about, you talked about earlier about the Flash community and how they were very, you know, as a group, and we, I've had a lot of the former Flash people on, but um, as a group, we were all very supportive and we always thought of the people within our small bubble, which, you know, was a hundred people or so, really as people that we protected with no question, it was just, you know, if, if, mm. if we felt someone was being mistreated and, and, and we, we tended to, to lump on and, and help them out. And part of what I'd said earlier was, you know, you are probably one of the best self advocates, uh, I know, you know, and you know, you, the, the term doesn't take shit is probably the one that pops most readily to my head. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's, it's one of the most endearing qualities about you to me, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just a blunt person always have been. And so I think that served me well. Um, as, cause there was a lot of shit, like, you know, I'm not glorifying our community or our time or things like there was a lot of stuff that like just wasn't appropriate. I wasn't appropriate, like in, in some of those instances either. And so, you know, it's a lot of learning on that sense, but if someone did make me feel uncomfortable or if they were doing things where I was like, not cool. Um, I, I, I said it. And because there's no one else to friggin' say it. Like, that was a right. thing that was like, you could look around and spit and count how many women were in the room, yeah. right? And then you could just slice that into half and how many women developers there are. And then God forbid that one of those women developers, like, actually dresses like a woman and not like a 40-year-old, you know, white dude dev with a golf <laughs> shirt, right? Like, like who actually wants to just be who they are, right? And like, mm-hmm. and, and that even, you know honestly, at the beginning threw me for a loop sometimes of just, you know, those kind of things. And so, yeah, you, you, you kind of had to. And I think that I, you know, I, I've had a few people even at Microsoft higher up say like, you kind of have this way of like delivering the message, you know, the, the blunt <laughs> message, but like, it's kind of funny or it's kind of got like a wink, wink. And like, so people aren't as don't, they don't take it. They don't, internalize it as bad yeah. they kind of go yeah. oh you know and and it's like you have to do a lot of that and so you know um yeah a lot of that stuff was it, you know it was like the it wasn't even done in some of the outright ways it was just like accidental exclusion stuff and, and yeah. you know things like that but you know we overall we had a good group like the the one thing that i i really think about 
when it comes to that, that there was a lot of people out of that community who wanted to see me succeed, right? Who were excited for the things that I did, or they showed up in the audience to support you, or they connected you. They did all the good things that you want to see in a community member or colleague. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, so I love that. But at, at the end of the day, you know, it took me a long time and probably in the last couple of years, frankly, to reconcile who I was when I started in the industry, who I had to be to carve out space, um, right. and then who I am now. And, yeah. and that's why I always kind of talk about, you know, people coming along and progress and stuff like that, because I made as many mistakes as anyone else. Um, and, I, and I know that. Um, and I think I've also just kind of gotten to that place where like, I'm comfortable with, with um, I'm more comfortable with, with, with how I'm open to learning about other things and, and bringing some of that stuff along because it isn't 10 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. our problems are similar and different. And, yeah. You know, you know? It, it, it's, it's interesting, but I, I think that I, I think there, there are a lot of us from that, from that, I hate, I say it in a weird way, but an era, that era, that were blissfully unaware, you know, like just it never occurred to it never occurred to me that, oh, there are only three women here and, you know, and there's like 40 dudes like it never occurred to me because of the fact that each one of those women were a fucking force. You know what I mean? Like y'all, y'all were, were like a force to be reckoned with. And, and, and it didn't, it also my privilege never let me acknowledge that the, the level of exhaustion that must've been involved with being that force, as opposed to just like going through your day. Like a lot of us just, we just went oh. through our day and didn't have much of a problem. And I, I, I think back to, you were in town for, to, I think you were in town to speak at FITC and I was, I was organizing a create and TO monthly and i remember inviting you and i was like would you want to do a panel about women in tech and you were like i don't think i could think of a more boring topic (laughs) and 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 i was like well could you come and talk about something you don't think is boring and because in my head i was like i'm advocating on behalf of women in tech and you were just like you know what that's that's great that you did that but that yeah. is not, I don't need to be that advocate. I need you to be that advocate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's, yeah, yeah, all I yeah. can think was like, I'm just going to give women the stage. Like, I don't yeah. want the stage. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I, it was, it was great. Like I, that was the most boring thing. I, I couldn't think of a more boring top. And I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> I want you to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Like, it's, I just want you behind the mic. You're great. You know, well, it's just, it was a good, it was, it was a good shut your mouth, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just one of those things where it's, you know, and it, it was just like said, and it's still a common ask, but it's just such yeah. a common ask. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, it ends up being a bunch of people coming to talk about their shared experiences and like, hey, we already do that on discords or slacks or other ways where we're yeah. connecting to people and learning and, and all that other stuff. And, and so, yeah, it's kind of, I've done that a few times. I've, I've, I've done that. I've had a few work things where uh, maybe I gave the response I shouldn't have gave. And I thought maybe Uh, this is the day I get fired. And, uh, (laughs) you know, well, my badge still work. 
Um, cause I had a few requests along those lines and it's like, not interested, like ask yeah. me about my work or ask me about technicality or ask me about a topic that I'm passionate about. Um, but that's not to say that it's, it's, a uh, it's not something we shouldn't be talking about. Yeah. Um, you, but you know. you know, it's, it's a disingenuous invite in a lot of cases. And I, and I, I probably was as guilty as any other male that decides I'm going to give them the stage. I think the problem becomes that what the what that person that does that inviting means is they want to feel that they are they have absolved themselves of being part of the problem whereas they are always going to be part of the problem like i'm always going to be part of that problem and it's it's only upon my actions as opposed to me letting someone else have a microphone that is going to make that problem not be i am not going to be part of that problem and it, it, it you have to make that commitment to do it and that's you know it's a it's a very it's a very it should be it should be a very easy decision to make but it is a very convoluted decision to to perform you know it's something something that that white males seem to have a hard time with doing the most basic fucking things (laughs) you know know, all due respect to my fellow white men dude we are the worst but, (laughs) you know but when it comes to some of those things i think the thing is is like there's that moment that happens and you know i've had it myself where like I used a term that I should not be using. And one of my friends in New York was like, oh, like, you know, in Canada, we're still using that term. In the States, we don't use that term. We use X. Right. I'm not. And and like, okay, thanks. Like, you didn't write me off. You brought me along on this journey. Yeah. And I'm open to this journey. And so I'm, I'm actively trying to be more of that person as opposed mm. to, oh, no, like, you're done kind of thing because yeah. i think that you know there are times where you, where you have to draw the line and like no this isn't this is done but then there's there there is that room for like let me try to bring you like uh, if you're open to come along then let's do this journey together and so I, i'm actively trying to be a little bit more of that i'm actually also trying to have those conversations with people too so that i'm i'm trying to have that understanding and develop that understanding and in a way that if it, they're comfortable to 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 bring me along on that because that's also not necessarily um their job to bear or yeah. or you know and so yep. so but i i think about some of those situations that we talk about and like I, I feel very rarely have i ever kind of written anyone off i think it's a few times um because i had to because people mm-hmm. get into harassment but i think that there's i you know like hey <laughs> you know should we be saying that <clears throat> kind of thing or <laughs> hey, well, I'm, 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 you know, listen, I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm yeah. glad that I managed to open that can of worms. I, we, we can definitely close it again. That's not going to be a problem on, on my, my end. Um, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate you giving time to that, that, you know, it, it's one of those, it's one of those things that I, I like to address because I think that having historically been part of the problem, you know, it's, it's my job to be part of the solution now, <laughs> you know, for as long as I possibly can. I assume I'm going to die soon. So, you know, that's, it can't be that much effort for the so short you, term. You've got <laughs> limitations on that effort. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, like five years. And if I don't yeah. die, then I'm just going to go back to my old habits and just be a jerk. Yeah. Um, a good run. <laughs> yeah, and I tried. I tried. <laughs> did, my, did my best. The thing I want to talk about right now is is where where are you going with with what you're doing? What, what's what's your next big? Do you have any big moves coming up that are 
your episode isn't coming out until June. <laughs> I got time. <laughs> you got time to have done something. And if there's something in your back burner where you're like, oh, yeah, no, it's next month I'm doing this. Guess what? <laughs> May, May, sorry, May. Not June, May. You know, I, I, I still really enjoy my job of what I'm doing. I, I get to bring people together at Microsoft. I get to be technical. I get to explore a bunch of different things. It feeds a lot of the stuff that I'm looking for in a, in a job. And it's not an average job at Microsoft either. So in many ways, I um, am a unicorn in the unicorn job probably. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I, I'm still getting tons of challenges and satisfaction out of that. I don't see myself moving. I mean, I think, Oh, I meant within Microsoft. I didn't mean oh. are you are you quitting your job? I just meant there's yeah. certain big projects that you're sort of spearheading yeah. right now that you're that you're really excited about. Well, yeah, we. Have- oh, you're like, no, I like Microsoft. Oh wait, oh, I didn't say are you quitting Microsoft. I was like, let me. Yeah, be careful here. Well, I mean, um, shit. Uh, there I'm is this whole thing with the Oscars job. Academy. I'm <laughs> got a couple well, I'm of jobs. Running a startup. <laughs> I've been to work in three weeks. I'm making um, a robot on myself called a Stasabot. Yeah, it just does all my work. I outsource it. Just it just does all my work and goes, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> it's about accurate. The AI would be very simple. Um, it gets, it gets, it, it's fuel is coffee. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a few things I think at work that are like, we have a big new building coming up. And um, and so like, uh you know, the last couple of years, we have had the ability to work on like um, new spaces coming out, which is really interesting because like, I never thought I would be a person who would be like um, giving guidance on like how to, you know, stand up a makerspace from scratch and like, right. and like infrastructure and building stuff. I've learned a lot on the, on that realm. And that, that continues to be a few things on the radar um, for us, which are super interesting Um you know, there's, uh, I'm always collaborating with a few people internally on a few small projects. And um, I actually have the pleasure of kind of curating um, like a, you know, intersectionality of like art and uh, tech and like AI um, kind of a gallery coming up that I'm super stoked to to reach out to some people and, and do um, those kind of things. Like when you find that thing or that person or that opportunity where it's, um, really hits that kind of pulse. Those are the things I love. And so I always take on a few of those passion projects, nice. um, you know, along those lines. And I don't know, there's, there's a lot on the pipe that's coming down. And, and some of it's just thinking about a little bit of the future, really, because, yeah. you know, I think COVID has been interesting. Like it's changed um, things for a lot of people, uh, like remote work. And like, um, you know, I would say historically, you know, uh, especially where I'm at in Seattle and Microsoft, I'd say, you know, I don't think remote work was like, it was a super open thing before COVID. And now we've all proven that we're, we can be effective. effective, Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I think that, you know, once we see people return back to the office somewhat, um, some of those things will change, but yeah, I, I don't know, you know, we're, my stuff's so random when that when people ask like, Oh, what's one one thing you're working on? I can list ten things. Yeah. And they all seem so small to me. So it's always like 
<laughs> you know, you have to write down the things you, you know, and other people are like, oh, really? And it's like, oh, but that's just, you know, it's, that's just a robotics day. And this is just a whatever, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Are you maintaining the education stuff? Are you still reaching out to various schools or are yeah. you, uh, yeah, that's still happening? Yeah, I actually started um, in our neighborhood. So I moved into a new place during COVID and, um, uh, you know, suburban delight type of neighborhood, you know, right. um, ticky tacky houses. And uh, uh, we have a Facebook page, of course, for our neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I, I connected with one of our neighbors and, uh, I said, you know, I have a bunch of, I basically have a makerspace at home. Like I bought a laser, big ass laser cutter over COVID at home. Nice. I have a 3d printer, vacuum former sewing machine. I have your standard equipment, vinyl cutter, et cetera. And I was like, why don't we just throw it all in our garage? I'll create a bookings app and we'll have a community makerspace. So that's kind of fun. We're in the process of doing that for the neighborhood and we're bringing the kids along. And so, you know, we're exploring raspberry Pi, um, adults and kids as a group, as a neighborhood, right. um, you know, we're thinking about Halloween and, and those kind of things. Oh and so, God. um, so I kind of dig myself a little bit at, like into that. And then you're the um, mad scientist of the neighborhood. Yeah, well, but the thing is, is there's so many different skills. Like that's the right. beautiful thing when it comes to that is like, well, what do you know? Or what are you focused in? Or what's your area of interest? And like, and then you have some really young kids, you know, we're talking like 11 years old, 12 years old, super capable. Like one kid's we're on our zoom call the other night. And then one kid's like, I've been doing flutter. And we're like, <laughs> okay what you're the only one (laughs) that someone was trying to explain to this kid like oh there's different ways to make apps and the kid's like well we're doing flutter like like he's already 10 leagues ahead of us you know it's like cool can we do that you know and so i think that's kind of the beauty of those those scenarios and so i've been um i'm going to be super invested in that and trying to like open up i think those things to the community here internally anyways in a small little maintained way um, cause, uh, I, I run a makerspace at work. I yeah. don't need, I need to replicate the same thing at home. Just, just laser cut the logo and put it on the, on the front of the door and be like, this is the Microsoft garage, by the way. So congratulations. <laughs> You're now all involved in the Microsoft garage. <laughs> well, you know, our labs are shut down at work, right? Like no one can, yeah. like we're not on campus. So it's, it, I have been to a few people who often come into the space, like, if you need something, I got something at home. Let me know how I can help. And, and, and again, that kind of community that's fostered in a makerspace or a hack space, whatever you want to call them, where, you know, uh, like self-directed kind of collaborative learning, you mm-hmm. know, all those great things. It's, um, it's funny. It just keeps following me. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, so yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, when, when we're kind of back on campus and when we're back doing those things, yeah, well, We'll definitely um, engage more students. I had two students the other day, you know, um, who really fascinating. They want to they want to start a teen maker space. I never thought of this, and it was and, and they're super motivated. They had a business plan, um, and it was awesome. Like what an interest, like what an awesome conversation to have with people. Yeah. Do they already have a location sourced? Like are they, like is it to that extent, or, is it, or like they know they know what they need. They know what they need. Pretty serious. I mean, they, um, you know, there's a bunch of pro- uh, programs here in the States, like First Robotics and like Robotics Clubs and, and schools are 
some schools here, um, you know, and same in Canada, some schools are just very well resourced and, and planned yeah. for this, you know, wood shops, maker spaces, advanced tooling, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, no, they're, they're pretty clear in what they need. And this isn't, you know, um, they raised all good points about it too, like why it's important that it's for them and, and, and what they need. And so, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, mm. Yeah. Super organized, uh, super impressive. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you find um, as, as part of working for a major corporation that, but you're, you're part of sort of like this creative tech group within it. Um, there are garages in different offices, right? So you have mm -hmm. the Vancouver one and, and I assume the, the Redmond one was already there. Yeah. First. Yeah. Mm -hmm. first um and you've been tasked to kind of kit out other offices i'll help and, so are yeah. you <laughs> yeah I mean, i'll do what i gotta <laughs> do um <laughs> my title there's a bunch of us that help but yeah oh, I, yeah I but i mean like yeah. are, is it is it like you have a parallel program something's in in uh in, in yeah. every office yeah okay yes. yeah usually there'll be someone like myself who who's um figuring out what's being programmed there. A lot mm. of it, you know, you got to pull what's in the local ecosystem and make sure it's relevant to that, make sure it's relevant to the goals of like where you're located and what you're doing. And so right. we, we have 11 different sites, um, most of them across North America and, and um, a bunch, you know, like uh, Ireland and, and China and Israel, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, those spaces all kind of usually, usually have like a, a makerspace uh, or advanced makerspace with some tooling and stuff like that. And, right. and really what those labs are meant, because we have lots of labs, but what those things are really meant to do is to uh, to get people to come together, embrace that spirit, collaborate. And one of the things I love the most is that it's where you're going to see such a, a horizontal view of, of our corporation. So you might have someone with like a long tenure high up working on like some kind of project. And then there's someone who just joined, who just graduated. Right. And like, right. it kind of democratizes all of that. And I love that. That's my favorite part about it. It really is founded in some of those, you know, um, uh, diversity principles that, that uh, really bring value to new ideas and new projects. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, have you witnessed any kind of uh, witnessed or been part of any kind of innovations within Microsoft through through your outreach and through through or maybe not outreach, but w within working with people within Microsoft? Like, have you found any innovations that have been like, oh, we, we could do this. We could do this company wide. Yeah, I think some things I probably have to just watch what I share. But I would say, yeah, I would I would say there's lots of things. First of all, it's amazing some of the ideas that people come up with. Like we did this thing in the last couple of years where it's not just about hacking on a project. It's about creating an economy of ideas because everyone can have an idea and not, you know, you see that a lot. Like, oh, I had that idea. Well, you didn't execute on it. Creating an economy of ideas where people can take it and make it kind of thing has been mm -hmm. has been interesting to watch. Yeah, there's lots of stuff that kind of pops up 
up and whether it surfaces up an idea that started somewhere in an event or somewhere in a hackathon or something that found its way into a product. There's a few of those for sure. We run an internship. Those interns don't kind of like sit in a team. They actually work almost like a little startup and they take on a project from a team. And so they're actually starting and shipping in like 12 weeks or something crazy. You see some of the stuff that they do super impactful and it's just super interesting because there's definitely like this appetite for innovation and ideation and um, empowerment that comes with it. Sometimes there's so many good ideas that you're not even, you don't know where they align and they don't. They probably don't align to our business goals, our business values. And how do you still bring value to that? How do you still help enable that and push those forward? Anyone who comes to me with, I have an idea. I'm like the plus upper, the let me connect you, the, the, that, you know, that kind of person. Cause I Mm. think that there's a beautiful uh, sentiment about it. But yeah, there's there's been quite a few things that have either found their foothold in the garage, started in the garage, something we ran was an impetus for or any of those things um, that have uh, made it out you know, outside publicly in that sense, yeah. you know, look up the garage at Microsoft externally and you'll see some of those projects that it's not the garage doing it. We're, we're not the doers of those things. Right. Uh, we're the enablers, right. And and we're helping them get them out there. And so that's kind of a cool position to be in is, and a hard position too, right. Because it's not yours and it's not, yeah. gonna, it shouldn't be yours. Um, it's really about like letting someone else shine. And so that's, that's kind of cool. A couple of things come out of that, that I find really, really fascinating. One is it is your job to recognize possibilities within an idea. So if someone comes to you and says, hey, I had this idea and they lay it out and you go, oh, oh my God. So this person is doing this thing and it really does work with what you're talking about. I think the two of you should be speaking. Mm. Or you're like, what if we took it one step further and we did this? Or what if we pulled it back one step and we did this? You know, I think that 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 it, that speaks to the, the sort of inspirational aspect of what you do. That that not a, hopefully you take credit for that because that is that is not something that everybody can do, you know what I mean? Like it, I I want to give you as much credit as I possibly can. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel like I'm having an employee review right now. Well, um, you know, <laughs> I didn't no. want to talk about this, but. <laughs> There, there, you know, that's, that's the one thing. It's just, especially at my job, um, in big companies in general, I think you, you, you get siloed a little bit, right? It's just a natural thing. It's a huge company. You're working in your area, your visions in your area, your understandings in your area. And one of the things I love it is that I, I work across all of it. And so connecting with so many different people and understanding what their skills and interests are and what they're working on and, and like learning as much as I can about the people and then connecting them after the fact or mm-hmm. helping, helping make that right, like whatever that may be, whether it's, yeah, let's think about what you're doing or, hey, I heard about three other groups that are somewhat doing something similar. Maybe there's something there that, you know, um, you know, do it together kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you get a lot of that. And like, there's such a desperate need for that. I think facilitation is a really, really underserved task that, that, or, or role that people don't understand. Yeah. I think that's one of the things is, is a lot of times they, they, they go, well, what do you do exactly? But it's like, well, <laughs> have you ever managed 17 projects at once where you're <laughs> not the one working on them, but you're the one making them work, you know, like it's a, yeah. It's a very, it's a very unique position to be in. I am, I am, you know, always, uh, it's funny. The, the first word that popped into my head was agog. I'm always really, so I'm really, I'm really always very inspired by what you got going on. Cause I think that it's, 
I think is inspirational, aspirational, uh, additionally, you know, I don't know. I just kind of call myself everyone's cheerleader in that sense. Like, well, I'm see, always... <laughs> no, no, nice. but I'm like always excited to hear, like, tell me about it. I'm so like, what are the possibilities? I love the opportunity to ask the questions. Like, I love, I love that. So, you know, if I can fuel someone else and keep them motivated or whatever, and I, I get it back twofold in, in that sense. Yeah. And so, um, so it's weird. I, it's something I think I always knew about myself that I enjoyed like that understanding what people are doing that sharing. But I think that I've come to a greater understanding of like how I actually need that. Like that's like, if I didn't have that, that would be huge dissat for me. Yeah. Um, 100, 100%, 100%. Yeah, totally. Are you working on anything right now for yourself that you're kind of stoked about? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I decided to buy this this big ass laser cutter, um, bigger than I have at work. I got it off a guy who worked at Starbucks. He's a prototyper. He does crazy stuff. This guy, this guy, I, I literally bought it because of this guy almost because he was just so fascinating the work that he did. And he's like, oh yeah, I I do cardboard reconstructions of all of our stores. And like you know, he was just going on and all these things. Right. So like next thing I know, I'm like best friends with his buddy and, you know, texting him and which is not good because if he sold me something that wasn't awesome, now I know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's a I've burner been, phone. Yeah. I, you know, I've been playing with that really. And just like, it's a little older and just making signs. My dad, um, as very Canadian as, as this is going to sound, he, he, my brother built my dad an ice hut. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. If you're not from Canada, this, you don't need to listen to this point anymore. And so built him a nice swanky ice hut to go ice fishing in. And so I'm busy making signs for the ice hut. And um, I kind of enjoy that because that's just, it's design and it's, it's a little fabrication and it's in my wheelhouse and yeah, yeah. a little bit of humor. My dad's got a pretty good sense of humor. So um but yeah, like, you know, that's the problem. And I, I struggle with that. I was talking to someone about that today too, is like, there's a lot of things I pick up and, and I don't do it at depth because I don't have that time boxed, um, you know, uh, like you need a, you need a good chunk of time, right? Like not just yep. little chunks of time, a good chunk of time. And I struggle to get that right now. Um, and so, you know, I've been picked up, I've been picking up a bunch of different technologies and different things and exploring it at the most uh i would say like a basic level so that i have an understanding like understanding tiny ml and you know um uh, projection mapping was like you know like it's been around forever i i'm revisiting something yeah i bought i bought the art of electronics um you know textbook literally like this thick and i thought i'm gonna work my way through it and i picked it up and I'm not sure that's going to happen. <laughs> so I really like the weight of this. I think this can hold down some floor. Yeah. You know, like, cause, you know, it's, 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 it is third or 3.1, whatever edition. And everyone's like, it's the thing you learn and you, they have little, you know, things that you do and whatever. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, yeah I, I try all of those things, but I, I, you know, I haven't had great success on like doing something that's, um, like more in depth and, and, and to what I would normally like to do. Um, I'll sure. get there. Maybe, you know, you know, on my, my free time for the past year, 
you know, during the pandemic, I have not wanted to do a lot of electronic stuff. And instead, what I've been doing is basically 3D printing lightsabers and Star Wars stuff because it because why not? Because I can, yeah. you know, and I bought this really great 3D printer over Christmas. And Josh, uh, uh, it's called an airy one. It's a it's uh, I like a, I can't think of the name Oh, whatever. It doesn't. It's a pretty standard uh, 40 by 40, 20 extrusion oh, dual, nice. dual threaded rod, lead screw Z axis. And it's but it's got a huge build volume. So it's 300, 300, 400. Oh, nice. So it's absolutely massive build volume. So you can do a full. Uh, yeah. uh, helmet. I'm trying to think of which way do I have to lean so you can see a full helmet. helmet and see it three days later. Yeah. So I'll see. I'll see yeah. Two days. Two days. So, <laughs> yeah. anyways, so Josh was doing a talk for the Vancouver Creative Technology Group, and he was like, "You should come check out this talk." I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <clears throat> so I did, and mid midway through, he's talking about do the stuff that you want people to hire you to do, right? Yeah, that yeah, whole, yeah, that yeah. whole concept. Yeah. And he goes, you know, like if you're Hugh and 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 you want you want to find someone that can do like uh 3D printed Star Wars stuff, you'd you'd go to Hugh and I'm like, "Josh, that's not what I want to do. That's not, <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm trying to defend it." Meanwhile, I'm like, "No, you're totally right. If someone wanted me to do a lightsaber, I totally would do one." You know, like that's amazing. Absolutely. Fucking, yeah. And I've actually printed four lightsabers for friends because they're like so you've been 3d printing lightsabers and I'm like i have do you need one you know what i mean like it's <laughs> yeah. a it's just so i say well it's it's like a gateway into doing other things like it's yeah. a way for me to figure out you know product development and things like that because right now like i've been working on this you know the old arcade button yeah you know arduino hid yeah. keyboard thing yeah so I'm doing a workshop through work about it to, to help cool. them learn how to do it. And yeah. I'm taking a page out of the book of Stacy. <laughs> I'm teaching. Stacey. Yeah. I teaching. learned something simple. Let me teach you. Oh, now I learned something simple. I. <laughs> Let me teach you. Yeah. I learned something simple and did some complex things with it. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, box design and, and, and product design and things like that. So yeah. I, I, I have to give myself some credit. Cause honestly, like, I feel like a piece of shit. If everything was simple with that, then I feel really bad. <laughs> Um, cause I, I build time to it. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me thank you, Stacy. This, this, this has been a, a real, a real treat. I am, I am very happy to have had the opportunity to, to talk to you tonight. No, I, I appreciate it. You know, I love connecting with you, Hugh. And mm-hmm. I, and, um, and yeah, like, you know, you're one of the, um, we talk a lot about community, but, uh, you're like one of those friendships and one of those people who took me in and and um i know you got my back so you know when i'm gonna do a heist i'm not gonna hire you but you know <sighs> if i get in a gunfight you're there with me yeah but yeah. i could i could heist with you i could do it <laughs> i'm not sure how successful we i ride be. a motorcycle so if you need a motorcycle <laughs> heist guy i am the person to do that sweet yeah this episode of can't sell this was produced in toronto ontario canada All creative content in this episode is copyright Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Questions or comments can be emailed to admin at cantsellthispodcast.com. Music for the podcast is provided by Not Of. Find Not Of at notof.bandcamp.com. Opening and closing voiceover provided by jeffwright.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, a like in whatever platform you use goes a long way to helping the podcast get noticed. Thanks for listening and keep creating.